Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to another episode, and it's currently 4 p.m. in the afternoon here in Hawaii, uh, and we have some updates. So on the new biogas digester setup, um, it's going along really good. Um, I have <laughs> I have the circulation pump installed, all the plumbing installed for one of the solar hot water heating panels. I have been able to actually let it run for a day. Um, yesterday was actually the first day. Um, and today I did run it a little bit and it does, it actually does heat up the bow digester. Um, but kind of where we're located, you know, like the last couple of days or so, or the last week, we've actually been having really calm weather, like hot and no wind, but that's uncommon. Mostly it's hot and really, really windy. Right. And then we have a lot of cloud cover that comes by really fast and, and sometimes we have no clouds at all for weeks. And then sometimes, you know, we have some clouds that hang around for a little while just because of the location and the elevation that we're at. Now, the one thing I did notice was, so the solar hot water heating grid or um, radiant floor heating that I put under the bow digester is working. But I am going to add one more solar hot water heating panel to the mix. Um, that's to help compensate for the, the colder weather we're getting. But not only that the um, wind chill like right now it is literally whipping whipping wind out there it's so windy that you can't even be out there it's just ridiculous like really ridiculous and I did notice that once the wind started picking up and blowing onto the bow digester it started cooling it off pretty quick so I don't want that to happen so I'm going to implement one more solar hot water heating panel because I have it sitting under my house for free anyway so I can easily put that on to help give it an extra boost um, and then not only that I am now highly considering putting a hoop greenhouse over it um, I was hoping I didn't have to um, just because when I was setting all this up and doing all the groundwork it wasn't windy so I kind of forgot about the wind you know and I was like okay hopefully it's gonna be good I don't have to but I in my back of my mind I was always thinking well if it gets really windy like it normally does it may cool off the, the bow digester which it is so as we speak right now it's half sunny half cloudy and super windy so um i did notice that it dropped down about six or seven degrees um overnight and in the morning until about like nine o'clock when it started heating back up so you know i want to try to keep a constant temperature as much as possible um so i think i am going to put some type of cover over it to protect it from the wind so the wind doesn't touch the the bow digester and cool it down but not only that, I'm actually going to try to implement one more heating source. So I have a lot of extra power at my off-grid home that doesn't get consumed. And so much so that a lot of times my system is, my house is fully charged up by, you know, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning. And basically the charge controllers taper themselves down to almost nothing because my house is not consuming that much power anymore. The batteries are charged, you know, it's just maintaining refrigerators and deep freezes and stuff like that. Uh, and so what I end up doing is I, I put a lot of that extra power into my solar hot water heating system for my home, which also, you know, um, is working off the sun and all of that. And it does a really good job. So much so that a lot of times my hot water is like 165 degrees, really hot. And even then, my hot water heater, which is about 92 gallons, will get, like I said, right around 150 to 165 degrees, which is extremely hot, really, really hot. Um, and then I still have a lot of extra power, <laughs> like just a, just a lot of extra power. 
So since I do have all this extra power available to me, I am going to implement something that I did on one of my other biogas digesters. I am going to implement a heater element inside the biogas bag. Uh, so that way I'll have, you know, um, two or three different heating sources. I will have the radiant floor heating doing its thing. I will have the hoop greenhouse to help maintain the heat um, and not be cooled off from the wind. And then I'll also have the heater element inside of the actual biodigester. Uh, and then I can use all the extra power um, that I'm not using to, uh, you know, go ahead and heat up that biodigester and keep it heated. And I do have temperature sensors installed. I'm going to cover more of that in another podcast of exactly how I have the whole system in detail exactly set up. Like it's pretty unique, guys. Really, really unique. Um, but I just want to kind of give you guys the legits really quick, the, the, you know, the breakdown version of everything real quick. So yeah, um, basically the way it's going to work is the solar radiant floor heating will just work daily in, in and out, in and out every single day. No problem. Uh, and then the hoop greenhouse obviously will help keep the wind off of the bag from cooling down. Uh, and then the way the heater element is actually going to work is after my house is fully charged, and done and after my regular hot water heating tank is topped off and hot then with that extra power again i will dump that extra power into that heater element that's going to go ahead and start heating up the biodigester so yeah um pretty pretty excited about um you know putting all this together i do have some good news um today was the first day i was able to put in the first five gallon bucket of cow manure I need 80 gallons of cow manure. This bowel digester is really big, guys. It's really big, like 13 to 14 feet long. It's pretty long, pretty big. So I do need 80 gallons. So I need 15 more five-gallon buckets in order to meet the, the, the appropriate amount that I need to get the system started. So what I'm going to do is every day, um, like today when I drove in and out of the ranch, the cattle were right on the side of the road and on the road. And obviously they were, you know, had manure, you know, just sitting around. So I stopped. I have a five gallon bucket in the back of my truck and a shovel. And I just went ahead and shoveled it up, threw it in, uh, mixed, mixed it with water and threw it into the biodigester. So that's like the first five gallon bucket in there. No problem. Um, so as the days go on here, I'll just collect more and more and more and more and just keep adding, 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 adding until I finally get to the point where I finally met my threshold of 80 um, gallons of cow manure. And then after that, I don't have to do anything and just let it rip. Right. And then after I start getting actual usable cooking gas, then, um, I can start putting food in at this point. Now I have one, two, three, four. I already have five, five gallon buckets of food waste. In fact, I have so much food waste at this point that I'm freezing it because if I just keep it around, it might start, you know, smelling. I mean, I have it in these airtight um, buckets, but still, you know, I don't want to have it rotting on me already, right? I want it to rot. I want it to to break down in the biodigester. So I'm actually freezing it, uh, <laughs> believe it or not. So I'm freezing it so that way um, I do have a big surplus of um, food scraps, um, leftover food that I can throw into the biodigester. Now the food is everything from bread to spaghetti to fish to, I mean, no bones, no bones, obviously, um, you know, just miscellaneous of all kinds of stuff that we're eating, you know, 
because um, every time you eat, there's always going to be a little bit left over. And so, a lot of times we'll eat it the very next day. We, that's what we try to do. If we have a big dinner or whatever, we, we you know, we'll eat, the, eat it for breakfast or lunch the following day. But then there's still a lot, right? And then sometimes you don't want to eat the same thing over and over and over. Um, or there's so little left that it's not worth trying to figure out what you're going to do with it when you can just, you know, just toss it, right? So, um, yeah. So I'm definitely stocked up on some um, food waste for, for for a little while at least. Um, and as time goes on, every day we're just adding to the to the buckets. And that way I do have a surplus sitting on hand. So right now, the two hang-ups for me, I can actually get the biodigester up and running already, is the manure. Um, my ranch truck is down right now, the shift column. Um, there's a, I need to take it apart and figure out why it's having a really hard time shifting. The transmission is good. It's just the shifter on the column on my work truck, on my ranch truck is giving me issues. Um, so without that truck, it's not like I can just drive around the ranch. I do have my new truck, my Ram, but I don't want to just drive that all into the, you know, all around the ranch because obviously we have, it's rough terrain. It's tons of rocks all over the place. And I just don't want to beat up my new truck, right? I use my work, my new truck for a lot of things, but definitely not just cruising around in the ranch. I mean, I do drive it around in the ranch, don't get me wrong, but not like, you know, where I need to go to scoop up all the cow manure from the cows. So I think tomorrow what I'm going to do is try to figure out what's going on with my shift column on my ranch truck. And because then once I get that working, then I can drive around the ranch. No problem. And I can go ahead and scoop up probably about, I don't know, maybe four or five, five gallon buckets, one crack in one day and then dump that in and then the next day go back out there again and scoop up some more so if i get my ranch truck running it's definitely going to speed up the process as far as um filling up this biodigester so that is my game plan tomorrow um but yeah just want to kind of give you guys an update oh so the most ironic thing happened today <laughs> i ended up having to go and buy propane and I ended up filling up two um, barbecue grill um, propane tanks um, down in town because I do use propane for cooking, right? Um, and a lot of other things. And that's the whole reason why I'm going to biogas so that way I don't have to purchase propane anymore. And so for each barbecue grill tank, propane tank, it was $20 each tank. So that was $40 just for these two tanks. Now I have a lot more tanks. But I don't want to fill them up right now. I'm, I'm trying to get to the biogas part where I can start using biogas. So technically, I spent $40 today on propane that I didn't need to do if I had the biogas digester already up and running, right? But I need, you know, propane for my stove and all that stuff right now. So until the biogas digester is up and running, I have no choice but to continue buying propane and all of that. Now, um, it's five gallons a pound. Um, locally right now um, where I fill up mine at is five dollars a pound for propane liquid propane now I, I was talking to the guy he's actually my friend that actually operates that place and I was speaking to him and I said hey are the prices going to be going up but he doesn't own the business he works there right so I asked him and I said hey is the prices on propane going to be going up like everything else he said as far as he knows as of right now his boss hasn't mentioned anything to him um, but he said he did hear that it may be going up to eight or nine dollars um, for a pound of um, propane. 
So that is almost double the cost, right? At $10, it would be double. So it's, you know, <laughs> getting up there if it does do that, which I believe at some point it probably will. Like everything else, especially energy, you know, diesel, gasoline, propane, all these things that we consume as far as energy is concerned, even electrical costs, the one thing we can count on is the price will go up over time, right? Some raise a lot faster, some raise a lot slower, but the one thing we can always count on is it will always keep going up in price. So yeah, that's why I'm really gunning to get the uh, biogas digester up and running. Um, that way I can switch over to that and I don't have to buy propane anymore. I just like the fact, I mean, I don't have a problem with buying the propane, you know, it's what it is. But at the same time, I, I like the fact that I can use, you know, a renewable resource to create my own cooking gas. I, I, I like that. I, I really, really dig that. It's a really unique um, concept using biogas for your, like, you know, your propane needs almost pretty much. So, yeah. Um, so I'm hoping the weather clears up tomorrow a little bit because today it has been... I mean, yesterday and today has just been terrible. Like, it is so windy. And then at night, the temperature is dropping down quite a bit. And it's, you know, just cooling off that biodigester. So whatever heat I'm able to gain during the day with the current setup with one solar hot water heating panel, and that's it. Um, you know, whatever heat I'm able to gain, I'm losing it overnight easily because the temperature drops down and then the wind finally picked up. And that's the thing about where we live. Normally, it is... If I had to give you guys a scale, um, let's see, probably about 80% to 90% of the time, it is always really windy over here. Um, and that's why I utilize wind turbines um, for my off-grid home as well, right? Because we have so much wind all the time, it's abundant. Um, and that's great for generating power, <laughs> um, but not so much for, um, you know, what I want to do with the biogas stuff. So I got to definitely... Um, you know, protect it from the wind, and um, I should be good to go. Now, there is another way that I could avoid using propane and biogas and all of that. I could just go to an electric stove, electric oven, right? And my system can easily run that, no problem. Um, but I like the f I like to I like cooking on on a flame. I like cooking on a flame. But not only that, it's just a challenge. It's something that I'm able to experiment with. And also, you know, like I'll give you an example, my, um, uh, my girlfriend's kids, uh, they're young and they don't, you know, they're, they're not young, young, but they're not old, old where, you know, they're at the age where they can start understanding things and start making the differences and stuff. And so, you know, she was the, the her, um, the daughter was asking me, you know, what is this about? What does this do? She, and she's like, I don't get it. And so then I explained to her what it is and how it works and what the differences are and stuff. And she's like, Oh, I understand now. But she's like, but how does it turn food waste into cooking gas? That's the part that she still doesn't get, right? <laughs> so I try to explain it to her, but it's over her head right now. Um, but I basic, the basic limits terms that I told her is this, is that when you put food in an environment that is oxygen starved and you have microorganisms eating that food waste, the byproduct is methane gas. Methane gas is very similar to natural gas, and she, but she doesn't know what natural gas is, right? So I said it's very similar to what propane is. So at the end of what I was telling her, she said, so you're making propane. 
I thought that was funny. I said, yeah, I'm making propane, if that makes any sense to you. <laughs> but at least she gets the theory. She gets the understanding of it, right? So it's, it's a good tool, not only for us to cut back on our spending, but not only that, teach, you know, um, the, the next generations about these types of um, older technologies and concepts and theories on how things are done. Uh, it's just they're just going to be a well way better rounded person in the end so but yeah guys um we're getting there we are getting there um i want to hook up the other solar hot water heating panel first you know that's a thing it's real dangerous because <laughs> i know that one panel is more than enough for what i need the problem is, is that that's, that's based off the fact that it's sunny all day, 100% sunny all day. And like I said earlier, you know, like right now I'm looking out my window and it is like right now it's sunny. In the next, say, 15 minutes, it's going to be completely cloudy for about 30 minutes to an hour. Then it's going to clear back up for a little bit. Then, you know, so it's cloudy, not cloudy, cloudy, not cloudy. So I'm not able just to collect all that heat nonstop through the day from the solar hot water heating panel for the irradiant floor heating so you see what i'm saying right now if i was to put two panels on like i want to then that would make up for that difference easily but then the adverse effect is if the water gets too hot in there then my pressure relief valve will open up and start purging that that heat and that water out because it's getting too hot and then I'll have to, you know, always make sure the line is filled with water. So kind of a trade-off, you know. So what I'm kind of thinking about doing is do, doing a um, one-way check valve on a makeup line. Because I do have a T of how I actually filled the lines up with water. I just basically made a T where I can connect the water hose to it. Um, that's how I filled it up. And so what I was kind of thinking is if I run a dedicated water line to it and I put a one-way check valve... And I just always have it on, then it's always going to uh, make sure that the pipes have water, um, but it won't allow the water or anything to go backwards because the check valve is that's the whole purpose. It only allows one direction. So I could implement that, and then I don't have to worry about when I put two panels, does it purge the water out? And if the lines are going to get empty, it won't because then the there's water always you know being able to be pushed back in, so it's going to make up the difference. So that is another way of getting around that. So, you know, there's all these little things that you have to think about. You know, sometimes you just got to pick and choose your battles, guys. So anyway, guys, um, I'm hoping tomorrow I can get my truck shifting again, um, the ranch truck. And then I can start going around and start really collecting some cow manure, get this system up and running. That way I don't have to go and go around and pick up cow manure anymore and just got to put food waste. Because here's the thing about the bow digester. Once you get it started and you keep it going... You don't have to do anything for years. The only time that you'd put um, cow manure back into the system is if the production dropped off completely and you didn't put any food in for a very, very long time. Or if the pH in the system drops too low, then, you're, then you have to put cow manure back in to help balance it back out to get it going again. So that would be the only time that I would ever have to do that. And so I'm going to try to make sure I don't have to do that. But if I have to, you know, it's no problem. I, luckily we have cattle roaming around everywhere so anyway guys thanks for tuning in stay tuned i am videotaping a lot of this and as soon as this system is done like all my other little projects i finished 
I'll start putting all these videos together and start releasing them. But I just want to get these projects done because I like these projects. They're fun to me. And, you know, I want to keep the ball rolling. So uh, I just want to get these things done. That way I can start enjoying these things and I can share them with you guys on um, YouTube. So thanks for tuning in. See you guys on the next one.